MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Hey, Lombardi Line, as we get you back here on a Monday, Michael, I want to talk to you about that Raven Chargers game in a second, but just quickly to circle back to set up the number to close out week six on Monday night, Buffalo, Tennessee. So I liked your comment as we were headed to break there. So Buffalo is lane six, and you got a total of 53 and a half. What's interesting about the Bills is they've been good against the run or tough against the run, but they haven't really faced a run game or concept like what they're about to see, obviously, with Henry, who's averaging, what, 145 and a half over his last four games. This is a different test for that run defense with the Bills. Yeah, you know, and they got to be able to play some keep away. They can't, you know, they can't let the Bills have the ball, you know, for, you know, all the time. Now, that's one of the specialties about the, the Tennessee team is that as bad as they are on defense, and they're bad, you know, let's be honest, they're really bad. They give up 8.4 yards per attempt. They, they still are on the field for only 26.30, 26.34, and, they're given, and they've given up 130 points. I mean, you can make big plays against them, and that's what they have to be able to stop. They have to force Buffalo to be patient, force them to work the ball down the field, get them in the red zone, make them settle for field goals, keep this game to the under. Because if they get into a track meet, they're not going to win it. And that's going to be. Now we get A.J. Brown back. We'll get, you know, we'll get him. He played last week. Julio will be back this week. They've got their complement, you know, and they can attack this Bills secondary. But they can't give up big plays because they're going to need to control the ball to score. I've got the Bills right now. Betting favorites to win the Super Bowl at four and a half to one. I got Allen betting favorite to win the MVP. 
Should the Bills, are the Bills atop Michael, Lombard, Michael Lombardi's power rankings? Well, they're, they are last, they were, you know, them and Arizona were the two best teams last week. There's no doubt. And I'm sure that'll stay the same. But, you know, it's funny. I mean, the NFC, you know, they're loaded. I mean, we didn't mention the Rams in our conversation about the best teams. Arizona, Tampa, Dallas, Green Bay, the Rams, they could all beat Buffalo. I mean, I think the Chargers could beat Buffalo. You know, Baltimore could probably play Buffalo well. You know, now could Denver beat Buffalo? They're one of the teams in the playoffs right now. Las Vegas, no. Could Cincinnati? No. They're the they're the champions of the North right now. I mean, they're in the the playoff. They're a wild card from the North. But Kansas City, as of right now, is not a playoff team. The Browns, as of right now, are not a playoff team. So there's a lot to be determined here. But there's clearly the teams we we thought that the AFC had more depth. The NFC has five legitimate Super Bowl contenders. I don't know if you could say that about the AFC. Well, you I don't see Cincy, Las Vegas, Denver, Tennessee as a Super Bowl contender. I don't. Okay. You mentioned the Chargers, who closed catching three yesterday. Michael got beat up 34-6. to six. It, was a, it was a 2017 party. You had Latavius Murray, Devontae Freeman, Le'Veon Bell, all rushing for touchdowns. 38 carries for the Ravens, 187 yards. The Chargers can't stop the run. We talked about that on the Lombardi line. Also in this game, Lamar Jackson, he recorded his 35th career win before the age of 25. He passed Dan Marino, winning his quarterback before the age of 25. Get your thoughts here on the Ravens popping the Chargers. You know, and I didn't think Lamar played very well. Throws two picks, you know, ran the ball effectively. I thought, you know, they they beat the Chargers with their B game offensively. Now they ran the ball really effectively, and that's the Achilles heel of the Chargers. But their defense stepped up. This was not the same defense we watched on Monday against the Colts. This is not the same defense. That defense, you know, couldn't cover any of the Colts receivers, could put no pressure on Carson Wentz. They changed. This week they are much different. And they were able to really frustrate Keenan Allen, keep the big play away from from Michael Williams. Mike Williams had two catches for 27 yards. One of those catches went for one yard. So they were able to keep him from making plays. Remember, the Chargers, when they played the Browns in Los Angeles two weeks a week ago, they only had the ball for 23 minutes, and they gained almost 500 yards. So they're used to not having the ball, but they make big plays. And what Don Martindale did was take away the big play. Said, okay, you're not going to throw it over my head. Now let's see if you can continue to execute on a consistent basis. And yesterday wasn't their day. But I still think they're a good team. I still think they have all the elements that they need to be an effective team. they got to get better on defense. And once again, Patrick, why I love the Ravens yesterday, one of the few that I was right with, is because their field goal kicker, he missed another extra point yesterday. Like how much longer are they going to tolerate this? You know, they're on the bye this week. Get a kicker in there that can make it. That's five extra points in six games. Yeah, you nailed it. And also, as far as the third down efficiency, the Chargers had been so good, and then they fell apart yesterday. I'm just checking. They're three, they were three for 12 yeah. on third downs. You're not going to beat the Ravens that way. Um, yeah, I think, he, I think, and well put about Lamar. It's, he, he wasn't great in this matchup, um, but still, it, when that they were passing enough to get the run off. When they pass enough, that run right. game becomes even that much more effective. Well, his presence makes the run game so hard. I mean, because does he have the ball? Does he not have the ball? You know, who has the ball? And you're always worried about that. And you're worried about him being able to make plays. And you're trying to keep him in, in play. You know, but I think really at the at the end of the day, you know, he is, when he's not throwing the ball effectively, that's when you have to win the game. But not that, not the case, not the case. And and I think that you know he they were able to win a game without Lamar playing well tells you an awful lot about 
about how good the Ravens are. They could have blanked this Charger team. This is the defense that you, before the season, had expected to see from the Ravens. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Uh, I think this. I think that, you know, the Ravens are always about trying to pressure you, make you make the quarterback uncomfortable. And I think that that was what they were able to do with Herbert. He just never got into a rhythm. And when you could, you know, they never got Carson Wentz out of a rhythm and Justin Herbert never got into a rhythm. And I think that was the big difference in the game. Did we give props? And one of the great performances I've ever seen on TV was Michael Lombardi reacting to Miami and Jacksonville live (laughs) right here on the Lombardi. I mean, I literally, we were all dying in studios. So much fun. Anyway. Uh, would you like a re- would you like to react to Herb picking up his first win there as the Jacksonville coach? Did you see Did you see his Did you see his talk after the game? I did not. Google that, and and I don't think anybody was listening to him. I don't think anybody was listening to it. And I think that uh, I I think that you know he didn't win anybody over. I thought it was really touching how the team gave Trevor Lawrence the game ball after the game. They they you could genuinely see they like him. And they really liked him, and he did a great job in that game. And, you know, it's funny. At the end of the game, we weren't on air at the time. But, you know, I was waiting for Urban to call timeout. Like, you know, he finally calls timeout with five seconds left to go on fourth and eight. And I don't think he really knew what he wanted to do there. I don't think he knew what he wanted to do. Because when, when the play was stopped, there was 20 seconds on the clock. You know, he could have let he could have called timeout with 12 seconds. And if he would have gone for it and not gotten it, that wouldn't have been enough time for them to come back and kick a field goal and make a play. I get you want to position yourself so that they can't beat you. But I, I think he just finally, somebody on the sideline must yell, call timeout. And with five seconds, somebody else said, hey, why don't we just try to see if we get the first down? And they did, and they won the game. You know what's funny is Urban, Lawrence has more of an adult feel to him and a presence and a disposition than Urban. And I bring that up because if you noticed, and I think this was purposeful to show support, did you notice what Lawrence did? Game-winning kick, he went over and put his arm around Urban Meyer waiting for the kick to be kicked, almost like a, a sign of solidarity. He's just a very solid kid that seems to get it while his head coach is going the other way. Yeah. I mean, I think he's really good. You know, I think he's really good, and I think he does a tremendous job. And he's getting better, Patrick, every week. I mean, he is getting better every week. Tremendous. He he really is. It's It was the defense. Actually, the defense stepped up a little bit. That may play into the Dolphins' issues, though, as the injuries start to mount. Your boy Tua was actually pretty good in the game. A lot of flats. Uh, we know what type of chicken wings he's ordering. A lot I mean, of flats uh, because that's the way he's throwing the football. Yeah, I mean, it's – I mean, the ball was going right there. We know where it was going. I mean, it wasn't, you know, he wasn't working it down the field. There's no doubt. He wasn't working it down the field. Are you surprised by the spiral here with the Dolphins? You know, I am a little bit, but their offensive line hasn't been very good. I mean, I think that's the biggest issue is their line. And yesterday they protected, but they got rid of the ball so fast yesterday. I mean, they got rid of the ball and they got rid of it very quickly. And, you know, and they were able to, you know, they were able to, uh, you know, get the ball out of his hand, make some plays. I mean, it was, you know, he, he, you know, look, he did what he had to do. I thought it was a horrible game plan rush by the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't think they really understood how to rush him. 
You know, the in second, I, I sometimes too much is made of these halftime adjustments, which you discuss all the time. But the 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 Jags definitely adjusted because the Dolphins only had one offensive drive in the second half that made a pass at Jacksonville forty six yard line. So they did something at the half with this Jags team adjusted there. You know, you'd like to see if if it was a coach that they respected that they really could get behind with Lawrence starting to ascend. It's a fun team to watch, if anything. I mean, they dealt with injuries. It could, could be better I, than I they mean, are. I think they're so bad on they're so bad on defense. I mean, I don't know what they're trying to do on defense. I mean, they made you know they made everybody in South Florida think two is going to be the answer. We'll see this week. You know, when he goes against Dean Peace of Atlanta, and see when Dean Peace brings different blitzes and how they handle them. But they, you know, there's certainly hope. I mean, I'm sure you're going to read all about how great Tua played this week, even though that interception. I don't know who he was throwing it to, but we'll see. Were you dialed in on that Houston Indy game? I'm guessing not. Uh, uh, just quickly, 31-3 <laughs> winner for Indy, who ended up closing 12 at one book. I, I think Circa had him at 12. I, I thought it was a. I thought it had to be a game that that Indy dominated. I mean, I wasn't really ever worried about Indy not coming back and playing well. I think that's why a lot of people took him in Survivor because I think Indy. You know, when you lose a tough, heartbreaking loss on Monday night, you don't go in the tank. You know, you really come back out with a real resolve, and I think they did. And it's a tribute to their coach. And now, you know, this week they've got a tough challenge. You know, they, they've got to come back and play the 49ers who are well-rested on, 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 a, on a Sunday night game. We'll see if they're able to do it, if their defense can do the things they need to do. No one's safe here. We still later in the show have Step Into My Office coming up, so we'll get to that. Next, when we come back, what can we take from Green Bay's win in Chicago and Kansas City's second half in Washington. We'll get into that with Michael Lombardi. You can follow Michael on Twitter, MLombardiNFL. Gridiron Genius, by the way, if those of you looking for the Middle Eight conversation, it was in 2018 he wrote about it. Gridiron Genius, pick up the book. We come back. It is the Lombardi line here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. 
I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. It is 2024, and we're going to get through this together, folks. My campaign promise to all of you here on Next Question is going to be a good time the whole time, we hope. I have some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring Kris Jenner, who's got some words of wisdom for me on being a good grandmother, or in her case, a good lovey. You know, you start thinking of what you want your grandmother name to be. Like, are they going to call me grandma like I call my grandmother? So I got to choose my name, which is now Lovey. I'll also be joined by Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, to name a few. So come on in and take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. I loved it. Your energy and joy. I'm squeezing every minute I can for you out of this season of Next Question. Last question, I promise. You have to go. I have to go. (laughs) But it's been so fun. And I can't wait for you to hear it. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to The Lombardi Line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi... Once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, it's the NBA betting guide here at VSIN. We've got you covered. Strategies, best bets, in-depth analysis from our experts. Jonathan Von Tobel and the crew did a great job. Hey, get ready. We've got basketball coming. $9.99. VSIN.com slash subscribe. This is it's in a must-to. You just ride with it your whole entire year. You have it right there uh, open in your window. $9.99 comes to you digitally. Great job by JVT and everybody with the NBA betting guide. Okay, we get you back here. We've got plenty to do. Josh is going to join. Step into my office coming up here on a Monday edition of the Lombardi line. It's sixes right now across the board tonight. Buffalo at Tennessee. Of opener of 54 on the totals come down a half a point. Again, weather's not going to be an issue at 53 and a half. However, I wanted to dip back into yesterday, if you don't mind, Michael, and talk about Green Bay, Chicago. Chicago was hanging around. And then Green Bay warmed down the four and a half up to five and a half line movement was right. You got a 24, 14 winner for Green Bay initial take on this matchup. But, you know, I mean, I think the look, let's face it. The bears played as well as they could. They put good pressure on them. They played their cover two. They try to force the ball, force the, the Packers to run the ball, which they did effectively. They've, you know, run 31 times for 151 yards in the game. You know, it's five yards of carry, but that's a lot easier to swallow 
than having Aaron Rodgers throw for 300 yards and giving up 30 points. They played the game the right way. They just couldn't. We said it on the show. They just We didn't think they could score enough points. That's why when it was less than a touchdown, I think it was the better play. And, you know, with a rookie quarterback, can he make enough plays? They, they had to increase his volume. He threw it 27 times. You know, he ran the ball six times as well. You know, but, but once again, you know, we get to the problems on third down, trying to convert, trying to process it through. And, you know, I think the Packers defense, even though I'm not sold that they're great, was able to make enough plays in this game, you know, where they forced them to have to drive the ball down the field. I mean, the Bears only had eight possessions in the game. They only had eight possessions. They opened the game up with a touchdown. Then he throws an interception. And then, you know, they had two possessions in the first quarter, two possessions in the second, two possessions in the third, and two in the fourth. That's all they had. And the last possession in the fourth, they obviously they lost on down. So, you know, that's the problem when you're able to run the football and eat that clock up. You know, it puts a lot of pressure on that young quarterback to have to make plays, and then ultimately he turns the ball over or makes a mistake like Mac Jones did. You know, we're throwing the ball over here. We should be throwing it over here. Fans don't see that mistake, right? They don't see that one. You know, they just saw an incomplete pass. Well, you know, the read was over here, but, you know, the heat of the moment forced him to go somewhere else with it, and I think you saw that yesterday with Fields. Yeah, Fields, the, the pick in the red zone, I think he thought he had a free play. He very much did not. But that was a game changer where the momentum switch, and you're going to get that with a rookie. I think if you look at the Packers, though, Michael, you mentioned kind of a low output, under 200 yards passing for uh, for Rodgers. But they may like this because they ran the ball very effectively against a good defense. I think they ran for 154 yards, including even our boy A.J. Dillon over five a pop. You know, I think what we're seeing is a lot of teams trying to encourage these really explosive offenses to throw the, to run the ball. I mean, it started with how to play Kansas City, right? We're going to play Kansas City a certain way. We're not going to give them anything over our head. We're going to force them to, th- to dare them to run the ball. And if they're willing to run the ball against the cover two and they're willing to be patient and willing to convert a bunch of third downs, then, you know, we'll be good shape. Now, the Packers were only in eight third downs the entire game. They only converted two of them. I mean, what the Bears did defensively is the right formula. The Packers had the ball 32 minutes. You know, they held them to 24 points. You know, it took a scramble from Rodgers to get the 24 points. But that's a game that, you know, that, that's the perfect way to play them. Whereas you just got to move the ball against a bad defense. And you got to move the ball against their defense, especially without Jair Alexander back there in the secondary. Also, another clutch, Devonte Adams bail. He and that Raj, that combination bails this wow. that forty-one yard reception. Where I actually thought he was going to tiptoe and score along the sideline. There, he just I constantly. He I, thought I thought he, he did. Scored. He bails them out constantly. All the time. I don't know how they can't. I mean, they're obviously going to have to franchise him. They can't let him go. He's too good. I mean, my lord, he oh, just changes so the game, and you know he's getting the football, and you know he's getting the ball, and you're like, gosh. You, you know, say, but look, you know the, the safety's on him, too. You know, How does they, he get open, Michael? And he's constantly open in the middle of the field. And the pinpoint accuracy of the throws yeah. are also – he doesn't have to really reach for the ball. The ball's right where it needs to be. I mean, it's like the one thing about Aaron Rodgers, he, he can win, a, he can win the, the, the county fair contest with accuracy. <laughs> There's no doubt. He'd win that county fair accuracy contest. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think this I, – I, I think that, you know – the, the, the give the Bears credit. They're playing. I mean, this is a good game. They lost by ten. They're right there. You know, they were right there. They had them. They had their moments in the game where they could have come back. I mean, this week, you know, next week they 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 got to go play the Bucks. You know, and they'll probably play the same way. Now, will the Bucks have the patience to run the ball? 
You know, remember the the Bucks beat the Bears beat them in Chicago last year. Remember Brady didn't play well in that game. They thought it was fourth down. It was third down. Be interesting game on Sunday now. Oh no, that's Sunday at four twenty-five. We get to enjoy that. I'll but in. You know, again, we're always fair to Matt Nagy on the show, but it does appear that the offense has a little bit more rhythm with Bill Lazor calling the plays. It, it, oh, no doubt. No you doubt. Know, you know what I mean? It I mean, does feel. They're, they, they're actually trying to run the ball, Patrick. I mean, they actually are trying to run the football. I mean, there's a, a, there's a, there's a definite attempt to run the ball. It's not all just want to go wide, wide stick, and they did run the ball. I mean, they had, you know, they had 26 carries for a buck 40. I mean, look, they got a quarterback who can move around. He still was sacked four times. I mean, this offensive line for the Bears, I don't think people realize, you know, with Wilkinson at right tackle and, you know, and, and Jason Peters at left tackle, this is not a good line. And yet they were able to kind of hang in there. I thought there's some plays that the defensive linemen made on fields in space. I thought that were really impressive. Fields is a guy, I would say he has good quickness, but then he gets really, when he gets going, he's tough to handle. That's well put. Kansas City ends up winning, covering 31-13 in Washington. Washington was unable to take advantage of the mistakes in the first. They go into the half up 13-10. They should have been up bigger. Settling for field more. goals, yeah, it, they should have capitalized in that first half, and then they completely got decimated in the second. I mean, I, th- I, I think this is where you really, as I've said many times on this program, is are you going to take Jack Del Rio against Andy Reid? Are you willing to do that? God bless you. You know, and <laughs> I mean, you know, this 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 Washington football team's two and four, and have they have we seen them play a good game defensively? H- have we seen them play a good game defensively? I, I certainly haven't. You know, I, I haven't seen him play, you know, I haven't seen him play a good game at all defensively. I mean, yesterday was just another example of, of you know, they give up, they, they can't stop anybody, you know, and they're not able to get anything done. I mean, their, their defense can't get off the field. I mean, here are the scores the last, since the opening of the season, 20, 29-43-30, 33-31. That good. Another day yesterday, they were they allowed 11 for 17 on third down conversions. Another 64.7 day. Man, you know, get... two weeks ago against the, the Atlanta Falcons, that was 62 and a half. May I give you what they've the... had so far this season? Yep, so please. far this season, they've given up 70, 60, 62, 64. I mean, they, on third down, the only two games they were good on third down were the Giant game that they won and the Saint game. And the Saints still beat them. They are giving up on the year. Washington football team, third down, they're giving up 58%. It's unbelievable. And it's only because of the giant game that it's that high. It's only because of the two games. I mean, if you if you take the other three games at 73 and 60, 60, they're probably 68%. Philadelphia is 30th. On third down, uh, they're four, They're giving up forty-six percent. Miami's fifty-two. Washington's right there at fifty-eight percent as far as opponents cashing in on third downs. That's ridiculous. I mean, they give up twenty-nine first downs yesterday. I mean, they only gave up eighteen against the Saints. They think they played well, you know, and they still lost that game. I mean, they're bad in the red zone to boot. Like, I don't know what's Ron Rivera's answer to all this. I, I keep saying this, and you know this to be true. I mean, if if it if Dan Snyder wasn't in purgatory, where, what would happen? There would be a lot of changes going on in D.C. right now. Chase Young and Sweat, they were talking about breaking the sack records. I, does Chase Young have a sack? 
Like if you compare what Chase Young uh, is gonna... doing, look look at look at Watt in Pittsburgh and compare him and the hype that came with Chase Young. Watt's a Hall of Famer. Young isn't doing anything except yeah, running I past mean, the quarterback. He's got two he's got two sacks and he runs past the quarterback almost every play. Every play. Ever since Sweat's you said that, I laugh. But, you know, Ever since you said that, I laugh now because I just see him going by like, Ole. Right past the quarter. Ole, hello, go over here. They're like they're selling hot dogs back there the way he runs up the field. <laughs> like they're selling hot dogs up there. Like he can't wait to get back there. He's he's running past the book at the South Point to get to the yeah, hot like dog cart. Like me looking for the hot dog stand. It's like me looking for the hot dog cart. Like where is it? There we go. We got free dogs. Come on in. You know. Is it possible he continues to stick with Del Rio because it's just not working and something has to happen? I, I mean, I mean, he's gonna. You, you don't think Aaron Rodgers gonna put another thirty spot on him this week? What's the What's that line? What's that line, Patrick? I mean, all I know is Circus teams go in there. Let's see. Is they go in there and they go if we're on if, if, if we get the third downs don't worry we're gonna com- we're gonna convert six out of ten times yeah we're looking defense. forward to third down that line is eight and a half it opened at ten it went down to eight and a half Washington wow. money how about the football team getting back two weeks in a row come back Josh two weeks in a row then everybody's favorite step into my office coming up here on the Lombardi line. <sighs> to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. You've got a long way to go in the football season. Plenty to bet, of course, for 22 bucks a month, you can get everything we offer. Right now go to vsen.com/subscribe. Daily best bet. Again, I like to say that it's all worth 22 bucks just to get the emails throughout the day of the best bets. However, betting splits with the money, the ticket percentages, plus full access to vsen.com the data and analysis all there. It's all just for 22 bucks. Go to vsun.com slash subscribe. As we welcome you back, Michael Lombardi in Jersey. I'm Patrick Maher, live from the vsun studios here at the South Point. Now, Market Insights podcast hosts, and of course, betting across America, Josh Applebaum joins us. As we say hi to Josh, we should start with, my man's going to be watching some playoff baseball in person. Why don't we start there? A little unconventional, but you're going to the Sox game tonight. I am Patrick Michael. Great to be with you. And yeah, I had to, uh, you know, and celebrate and embrace Soxtober. Got a little red under the suit coat tonight. So yeah, this is my little, little nod to the Sox. But yeah, cannot wait. My first playoff game ever been to a million games, but got lucky with a friend giving some tickets here to me and the fiance. So I'll be there tonight. Catch me, uh, I don't know, a couple Bud Lights and uh, the center field bleachers tonight, guys. But really one thing with the Sox tonight, kind of 50-50 bet split. Public really doesn't know where to go with this one. Uh, the series price is obviously evening out here after the Red Sox get down 0-1 and come back win that game on Saturday. But one th- one trend that we've seen, and again, 50-50 ticket split, line really hasn't moved at all. Open around uh, Red Sox minus 110 at home. It's now kind of like minus 110, minus 112. Hasn't moved too much. But one angle we've seen in the playoffs so far, guys, favorites, chalky favorites. Uh, Dodgers didn't get it done last couple games, but favorites in the playoffs this year, 14-9, and 61% overall. If you're at home, big home field advantage. You get the crowd behind you. You get your last at bat, 16-7. and seven. For home teams in the playoffs, 70%. You put them together, home favorites, 12 and 5, 71% overall. So a couple system matches. I'll be in the flesh, guys. Let's go, Sox. Well, you've got Mr. Astro over there probably disagreeing with you. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. No doubt. You know. It's gonna be are you gonna well, be it's against a lefty, Erod, Michael, right? So that that's your angle. And they bash. <laughs> yeah. And they, and they mash. So all right. Well, congratulations on the game. I he said Bud Lights. He's he's bougie. He'll be drinking IPAs up in the up in the bleachers. We know that. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh 
big takeaways from yesterday. It was very chalky Sunday. It was Patrick Michael. Yeah. And we started off the year, you know, with dogs, you know, first three weeks, first month, kind of right what we expected when dogs bark the loudest, you know, pretty much every week they were cashing, you know, 60% ATS. We've seen the last two weeks, a lot of regression here to favorites. So it's interesting favorites, their best day of the year yesterday. They're nine and three straight up. They're eight and four against the spread last couple of weeks. Now you layer in, uh, you know, week five and week six together. Now we have chalk 17 and 12 ATS. 59%. Dogs are still up on the year. They're 40 and 33, 54% overall. But here's the angle, guys, something that, that I think we can uh, hopefully take advantage of moving forward. We see a big discrepancy between favorites in conference versus favorites non-conference. We talk about divisional dogs and familiarity benefiting dogs and teams getting points. The lack of familiarity really benefits, quote unquote, the better team, better players, better coaches. And that's that non-conference angle. So uh, favorites non-conference, 17 and 12 against the spread, 59%. Look at favorites in conference. They're only 26 and 38 ATS, only 41%. Something to keep an eye on moving forward. Another system match here, guys. Road teams that see the line either stay stay the same or move in their favor. Uh, we went five and one ATS yesterday. Dallas, Cincinnati, Minnesota, Green Bay, and Arizona. And so far this season, favorites or sorry, uh, road teams that see the line stay the same, move in their favor. 39 and 25 against the spread. 61% so far. Okay, well, let's get into Monday night. We really haven't gotten an official play, although I do feel the lean from Michael. Uh, Buffalo, Tennessee, the money, the tickets, everything's all over Buffalo up to six here, Josh. Yeah, really a huge play here with the public. And uh, I think maybe some little respected money early off that opener uh, and really a big popular play here to the Buffalo Bills. So how can you you know, fault anyone betting the Bills tonight? They're looking great. They're four and one. They've won four straight. You lose to the Steelers, you know, the, at that opening game, and maybe that uh, kind of got them back in back in the zone here a little bit, little humble pie. But obviously, coming off that big win against Kansas City, 38 to 20, you caught you win outright as a three-point dog. It's an auto bet for the Bills. They're getting 83% of bets across the market. But what I'm looking at, guys, is maybe a buy low spot on the Titans. Now, the look ahead number, the early number with the Bills was minus two and a half. So if you're a minus two and a half look ahead line, and now we're all the way up to six and a half. Thanks what we're waiting for. You know, this line was at five and a half pretty much all week. And I'm saying, hey, let's see if we can get a key number of six. Now I'm starting to get a little greedy. Can we get the hook in the six and a half here? So buying low on the Titans here who do get some good injury injury news. Getting Julio Jones back, A.J. Brown, Bud Dupree, who they gave a lot of money to. You did see last year in the weird COVID year. It was a 42, I think it was 42-16 or 42-17. The Titans rolled in that one. But some matches here. Uh, not only are you really contrarian in a heavily bet game, only 17% of bets with an inflated number here with the Titans, but also primetime dogs, 11-6 and six ATS on the year. Conference dogs, 38-26 and 26 ATS on the year. And Vrabel as a coach, as a dog, 13-9 and nine ATS. So uh, I think to me, you know, you could, you could play Buffalo, but you're laying a six and a half on a, a look head and an early open that was two and a half. They could roll, but you're really getting the worst of it. To me, it creates a really buy low opportunity here on Tennessee at home getting points. We just go to six you know, and a half. I, I, it, wow. I didn't see the six and a half. Oh, there it is. There it is. Did wow. We, I went to six and a half. I don't have it on my board here. I, I guess have I it here either. Here. But that's a big move. It makes sense that it goes to six and a half, Patrick. I mean, there's nobody betting that there's no one yep. betting the Titans. I mean, it has to either. It's going to be a line freeze or not. I mean, if you want to stay with the theme of the weekend, then bet Buffalo because this weekend has been all about the dogs aren't barking. I mean, they're in their mm -hmm. cages. They're just not coming out. <laughs> you know, if that's the theme of the weekend, you know, I mean, we saw it that they're just not barking. And, you know, it may be the right play to take Buffalo. My numbers say take Buffalo. Everything and everything that research would lead you to Buffalo. This is not a game that you can visualize in your head that says Tennessee, but you can think that if they can control the ball, 
play less defense, even though they play less defense than most teams anyway, that they can stop the big play. The key is we can't let the ball get thrown over our head if we're the, if we're the Tennessee Titans. We can't allow the Bills to go one play and score. Gotta make them earn it. Do what exactly what Pittsburgh did. Force him to be inaccurate, and maybe you can come out of it. Unders, still, unders yesterday, 6-4-2, and two, Josh. Still cashing almost 55% on the season. The dogs still... Barely profitable at 53.8 on the season. Thoughts on the total tonight, Josh? Yeah, this one, it's interesting. We've seen some money on the under. And I think if you ask anybody, you know, you walk up to a you know public better or anybody, it feels like we're going to get a, a ton of points here and go way over this total. But we have seen this total. It opened, guys, 54.5. It's down to 53.5. Now, we do see uh, these primetime overs. I, start, I think they started 8-0, 8-1. I think they're now around 10-6, and 11-6 and six here to the over. But really what's intriguing to me is you have this public betting saying, hey, Josh Allen's going to light it up. You know, Tannehill and all these stars here for Tennessee, it's got to go way over. Yet it's ticked down a little bit. So it's one of those uh, markets telling you a little money on the under. I would lean under here. Uh, but again, if you feel like you have a good edge on one you know, spread play or another, to me, the value would be buying low on Tennessee at this point. Uh, with that total, Patrick, might be a layoff for me, but it did tick down about a point or half point there. Okay. Do you have a question for Michael about a week seven number? I do. Yeah. So guys, we got to get ready to uh, hopefully take advantage of some um, edges here when teams are coming off a buy. So Michael, one move I want to throw at you was the Atlanta Falcons, Atlanta Falcons coming off a buy. They're now going to Miami. Miami's really struggled here. Now one in five Atlanta, believe it or not, they won two of their last three, beat the jets, beat the giants here. Uh, but what we've seen is a, an automatic flip. And it reminds me a lot of the Minnesota Vikings from yesterday going dog to favorite. A lot of these early numbers were, you know, Miami minus one, even like a minus two or two and a half look ahead. Uh, it's completely flipped. And again, public isn't betting these games, you know, Sunday night. These are pros who have their numbers lined up and may see value here. We've seen the Atlanta Falcons now flip from a dog to a favorite. Atlanta's now laying minus two and a half here. And if you look at some of these systems historically, uh, favorites coming off a of buy uh, over the last decade, 58%. More time to rest, rehab, game plan. Road favorites off a of buy are even better, 66%. This would all be the, also be that road team with a line move in their favor that's crushing it this year, uh, and also a, uh, a non-conference favorite as well. So, Michael, does that make sense to you? And, and historically, coming off a of buy, uh, how big of an edge is that for a team? Well, I mean, it's certainly an edge. They get ready to play them. But, I mean, I, I'm shocked that Miami played a London game and they're playing again. I mean, I thought usually after you play the London game, you get the buy. But they obviously flew home and, you know, they got home yesterday, last, late last night, and now they're back at work and, and they have to come back in there. I think that'll be more of a, a challenge. But at least they get a home game for Miami. But this, you know, this Miami defense without their two starting corners, they don't really rush the passer. I was surprised Miami opened up as a favorite because in my only because they're home and I think this has shifted because let's face it we have seen the home team not really mean a lot New England's 0 and 4 at home I mean we've seen Denver lost another home game you know so home does home field really matter this year I don't think so Speaking of quick turnarounds in just a minute Josh that Thursday night game Bridgewater struggling Cleveland coming up their worst performance of the year where'd that open where is it sitting now yeah, a little movement here toward Denver, guys. Again, both teams uh, after disappointing losses, and I think that was a big surprise, the Raiders. We didn't know how that would go with the turmoil with Gruden. You heard Derek Carr after the game say it really brought us together, so something to keep an eye on moving forward as we see these coaches get fired. It's an auto bet for a lot of uh, betters just to take that team uh, whose coach just got fired. It did go uh, win yesterday, even though that was a line move, minus three to minus five there uh, at home to, uh, to the Broncos. But tonight, guys, uh, or sorry, looking for Thursday night, Quick move to Denver. You know, Cleveland open at a lot of these shops. Uh, I saw like a minus four and a half, minus five, even like a minus six opener early. Really quickly, you've seen this line go toward Denver, now falling to four. So you missed the hook on the four and a half. 
But again, this would match our Teddy Two Gloves as a dog, 24 and 7 ATS, 77%, and also that road team with a line move in their favor, 59%. So early money to the Broncos here. Great job, Josh. Enjoy the game tonight. Seriously, Thanks, have a good time. I, I got two more seats. I got Michael on my left, Patrick on my right. Come to Boston. Come to Fenway tonight. I don't no, need the crib. Go enjoy it. You're good. I'm the, I'll skip the baseball. I'll, I'll flip. <laughs> we come. <laughs> Thanks, Josh. Appreciate it. Coming up Thanks, next, guys. step into my office, Michael Lombardi. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. It is 2024, and we're going to get through this together, folks. My campaign promise to all of you here on Next Question is going to be a good time the whole time, we hope. I have some big news to share with you on our season premiere featuring Kris Jenner, who's got some words of wisdom for me on being a good grandmother, or in her case, a good lovey. You know, you start thinking of what you want your grandmother name to be. Like, are they going to call me grandma like I called my grandmother? So I got to choose my name, which is now Lovey. I'll also be joined by Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, to name a few. So come on in and take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. I loved it. Your energy and joy. I'm squeezing every minute I can for you out of this season of Next Question. Last question, I promise. You have to go. I have to go. <laughs> but it's been so fun. And I can't wait for you to hear it. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, 
We've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, cash is yours tonight. Ten dollar investment to win two hundred bucks at BetMGM for new betters. All that has to happen: the Titans score a touchdown, you're going to win. Buffalo scores a touchdown, you're going to win. That's it. Ten dollars, two hundred. BetMGM.com or download the BetMGM app. You have to use the bonus code VSEN200. VSIN200. Okay, so check it out. If a gambling issue, 1-800-GAMBLER. As we get you back here on the Lombardi line, we'll have official plays, although you know which way Michael's leaning for Monday Night Football. But it's now time. You wait for it all weekend. It's now time to step in to my office, his office, Michael Lombardi. I love it. I love it. So why don't we start with a rookie head coach who maybe could use some tutelage after a rough loss. His team's playing well. Everybody loves Brandon Staley. You see him there. We'll throw the graphic up. He's 4-2. and but he just got decimated by the Ravens. So he's in your office. And what do you have to say to Brandon? I would say, look, I think remarkable job. I think your leadership is incredible. I think what we need to do this week is really do a self-analysis. I think we've got to figure out what we do well, what we don't do as well. We need to tailor down what we don't do as well, work on that, accentuate the positives, kind of handle what we do really well, focus on those things, and then bring in every field goal kicker we know to mankind so we can try to get another kicker. I think if we stay on course, don't overreact, understand who we are, play within ourselves, we'll be there at the end. Okay, well put. Let's, and I threw Matt a a curveball here, but I wanted to bring up uh, Rich Bisaccia because he did win his debut there in Denver with the Raiders, and I know you wrote about this for the Daily Coach. So... He flying high. Generally, you could get that first week bump with the new head coach. Rich comes into your office. What do you say to him? I would say, Rich, the really good job unifying the team. I think it was really important that you lead by example. I think it's really important that you listen to every player, let them air their differences. I know John was one of your best friends, but let people talk to him. Let people listen. Listen to what they say. Don't judge what they say because your relationship with John can't go into your relationship with the new players. I think you've got to communicate exactly what you want from every single player and do it with a great sense of purpose. I think you've got to show them that you care more than anything. Show up to the offensive meetings. Go to the defensive meetings. You know, be involved. Put your face in front of them. Walk around the locker room. Talk to them. Really show that you care above and beyond. And make sure you emphasize that we are all in this thing together and that you're going to take some risk, that we're going to win this thing, that we're going to challenge ourselves to really move forward. But more than anything is what we've now done is we've learned that the next game is more important than the last game. So once we win a game, the next game becomes the most important game, and we've got to be able to handle that. 
we can't take a game off. The Philadelphia Eagles come to town. They're coming off a Thursday night loss. We've got to be able to play our best football, and it starts on Wednesday at practice. It starts on how we set up the game plan in order to give us a chance to win in all three phases. Well put. Thanks, Rich. Appreciate it. Could you let Ron know it's his turn next? Ron Rivera, <laughs> step into the office. Two and four Washington team with expectations. They won a division at seven wins last year, but this defense is, it's fireable. It's, it's so bad it's fireable. Well, I would say, Ron, look, I think you're going to have a hard time here. This is going to be a challenging conversation for both of us to have because you've got to be able to separate your friendships from your professional relationship. You're friends with Jack Del Rio. You're friends with Scott Turner. You know, you've got to be able to really evaluate them outside of that friendship. And you've got to ask yourself, are they doing everything that you believe a coach should do to win? Or is this strictly on the players? If that's what you believe, if the scheme is 1,000% great and the coaching is 1,000% great, then obviously we've made a lot of mistakes evaluating this talent because we thought we were going to be pretty good this year. So we really had a bad offseason. Our offseason planning was horrendous because what we said in the offseason is we have great talent. So now today we're saying we don't have great talent because the coaching's great and the schemes are great. You need to make a decision. Are you going to allow your friendships to get in the way of doing what's right for the football team? The players will see that. And if you do that, the players will see right through it and you will lose the team. Thanks, Ronald. Tell Vic uh, he's next. Now, I'm concerned about this one because Vic Fangio kind of scares me. Ain't going to lie. He seems a little curt. <laughs> uh, he, old school. Uh, his team starts 3-0. and They've promptly lost three in a row. That 3-0 and start, as you always mentioned, was against terrible teams. What do you got to say to Vic? I'd say, Vic, look, we got a short week. We just lost Alexander Johnson, our starting inside linebacker, for the season to a torn tricep. We just lost Josie Dozel, uh, uh earlier in the season, another starting inside linebacker. Look, it's not going perfect, but we better get better on defense because the one thing why you're the head coach here is because we play good defense. And if we're going to give up 34 points, we're not going to beat anybody. We've got to figure out how we can play better defense, and it starts with you. It starts with you as the head coach, you as the defensive coordinator. We've got to be able to improve, and because I think we thought we had a really talented team, and we've got to be able to find a way to win games, close games, and it starts with our defense because the last two weeks, Vic, you would be the first to sit here and tell me our defense has been horrible. If you've got to bench some players, let's do it. If you're telling me it's because we have too many injuries and we can't overcome it, then unfortunately, that, that's just the way the game is. We can't change that. You know, we can't postpone. We can't schedule Navy next week. We've got to play who we play. So we really need to strap it in because this is make or break time for all of us here in the building. Because if we don't win some of these games, you and I both know, even though we don't have an owner, even though that ownership is in debate, who is the owner, we are going to get fired because we are expected to win. And it starts with just one game. Thursday night, let's just win one game. Let's get ourselves back on track and have an identity and play good defense. Okay, Vic, thank you very much. As he... Wait, I just heard, did he just say go F yourself when he was walking away? Anyway, uh, that's, this is a family <laughs> show, Vic. I'm sure he did. <laughs> I'm sure he might have as well. He seems a little prickly. Uh, let's, we saved the best for last. We're going to have my quarterback step into Michael Lombardi's office. Hey, Jared, come here, buddy. I uh, know you're not accurate, but that's the door. Uh, walk in uh, and sit down. This is uh, Jared Goff, Michael Lombardi. Look, Jared, you know, this is always about what have you done for me lately? The NFL is a cold-hearted business, and you're going to have to prove to people that you're willing to stay in the pocket and make tough throws. 
you're going to have to be willing to people to prove that you're tough-minded and that you're mentally and physically tough. You know, it's one thing when it's all going well. But I think what's happened here now is the fact that we're seeing removed from Sean McVay has exposed you as perhaps not being the first pick overall in the draft. And it's your careers at a crossroads. You are now at a crossroads because what's going to happen here, you're going to lose your job as a starting quarterback to the Detroit Lions, a bad team. And we all understand that you're a bad team and you're in a bad position. But you are the first pick overall in a draft. You should be elevating players, not coming down to their level, not hindering players' ability. Your head coach is a tough-minded guy. You don't match the, If you don't match his tough-mindedness, then it's going to have to be another career for you, and you're going to spend most of your time holding a clipboard. And if that's okay with you, then that's fine. But the reality of it is, is you're going to have to take a mother-may-I step forward in terms of your mental and physical toughness. If you don't do that, then there's no hope here. We can't design an offense around a lack of mental and physical toughness. We can give you all the play-action passes you want, but at some point you're going to have to stay in there and hold the football and make throws and win the respect of your teammates because right now, by what you're doing, isn't doing that. Hey, Jared, thank you. What's that, Jared? He said, uh, can you repeat that? Uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm not saying. I don't think Jared's. I, I think Jared understood everything I said. I think he doesn't want to hear what I have to say. And I think, as I've said to you on this show, what Dan Campbell said after the game was, "Now I know. Now I know. I know why the Rams traded him. Probably went into Brad Holmes's offices and said, Brad, you were out there. Why didn't you tell us this?' You know, the Rams are kind of getting off scot free. Well, by the way, the Rams drafted him. And that same general manager drafted him. Now, McVay came in and said, I, I don't want to do this anymore, but they drafted him. And they not only did they draft him, they, you Paid know, him. go back and read some of the worldwide leaders, uh, you know, some of those guys that comment on that. You know, they were tweeting towards me, you're so wrong on Goff. This is why I love Jared Goff. You know, if you have any instincts about the NFL and position, you realize that golf was made by the system, just like I'm saying to you and been saying to you for a long time. Baker Mayfield is enhanced by the system. Mayfield doesn't make the system better. The system makes Mayfield better. The system for golf made him better. Once you remove that from golf, golf is a very average player, not worthy of the first pick in the draft. Just a fact. Does he have a great arm? Yes. Does he have movement? Yes. Can he make a lot of throws? Sure he can. If it's seven on seven. But when it's tough and you got to make tough throws, Daniel Jones, can you protect the football? Can you make the tough throws if it's going good? Well, one thing, I know why you brought up Baker, because Will texted me the same thing last night. Do you prefer Baker over Jared Goff? I said, easy, I'll take Baker. He texted me, yeah, but did you know that Jared Goff won an NFC championship game in New Orleans? I'm like, Will, you're literally texting me things that everybody knows, and I still don't think Jared Goff is a good quarterback. Sorry, have you watched him play? He didn't win that game. He didn't win that game in New Orleans. I mean, the Vitovich's crew won that game in New Orleans. Let's be real honest here. <laughs> facts. Did you? Were you? And, and, and I mean, twenty. Were you okay with Campbell calling him out after an zero six start? Absolutely. I mean, look, they need a quarterback. You might as well say it. Go have a it's good. Part Monday. Of like, it's part of how you recover. You go have a good Monday and get some rest. Okay. Thank you, Patrick. I'll okay. see you Thursday. I'll okay. be back Thursday. <laughs> no, you'll be back Wednesday. I'll be back Thursday. We'll see you then. No, I'm not. I'm not working Wednesday <laughs> oh, okay. this week. Thursday. Odd, odds on next. 
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.